This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome in. Our phone number, if you'd like to join us, 615-893-1450. And you can talk or text with your questions or comments. We're focusing on Murfreesboro this morning and the law and order in our city. We have with us this morning from Murfreesboro Police Department, Sergeant Amy Denton. Amy, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. Good to have you with us today. And Lieutenant Clayton Williams is also with us. Good morning, Mark. Good to have you here. Thanks. Well, last night was a big night, National Night Out Against Crime, and that was at the Patterson Community Center. How did that go, Amy? Well, in spite of the weather, it went very well. Uh, we had to move inside because of the rain and potential for thunderstorms, um, but uh, Janelle and the staff at Patterson uh, worked it all out. We used everything that they had downstairs, pretty much. We had... Um, organizations had tables in both of the gyms of course they had games set up for the kids in the gyms um, we had a uh, program on the stage in the theater um, and then uh, they had food of course in the, the dining room so um, a lot of people came out um, it, was, it was a really good night very good uh, so that uh, is a way to sort of get the community together to watch out for each other and reduce crime it was last night's um, event was different from ones we've had in the past um, national night out usually kind of has a, a block party um, celebratory atmosphere last night was a little more somber um, the uh, group they're called moms mothers over murder um, they kind of joined with us this year and um, the the program that took place in the theater uh, was centered around them um, they told their stories of losing their children to gun violence. And uh, uh, we did a memorial bell ringing for those that have lost their lives to gun violence in the past two years, which is the last time we had National Night Out. Um, and they also put out a call to action for the community to stop the violence. So, As you look at gun violence and, and losses of life here in the community, what are some of the things that uh, the Murfreesboro Police Department has come up with to reduce the loss of lives here? You know, Bart, um, our SROs are teaching the uh, Travis Mannion Foundation's Character Does Matter program. Before that, they taught the D.A.R.E. program, which D.A.R.E. had evolved from just drug recognition and awareness um, to more decision-making. Um, but, you know, the, the police department partners with all kinds of organizations that help families, um, that, that help people with um, substance abuse issues, things like that. And really, um, it's going to take the whole community working together and, and families working together, families working with their neighbors to solve this problem. Now, we've had an escalation in this area 
over the past several years. I mean, it didn't just happen overnight. Uh, do you think drugs, is that one of the main factors or is it just lack of supervision or, or what is the problem? Uh, either one of you on that one, if you would. You know, I mean, we heard specific stories last night uh, and some of them varied between as far as what um, activities were precluded the events that led up to these folks untimely death uh, but you know just it's really hard to put a blanket on all of that um, but I mean we do see some of these things that in some of the homicides that we've had over the past few years um, drugs is sometimes a factor either in the uh, exchange sale or uh, just a robbery because someone knows that they have that um, those items with them uh, we see that we also see an increase uh, here in, in town we've seen a lot more increase of um, more people having guns uh, some of those very young people some of them in, involved in criminal element uh, so whenever there is a uh, I'm gonna date myself to sound like an old a beef between people and they have problems uh, a lot of times instead of working it out or, or just an old school fight you know <laughs> with hands uh, it, it it quickly escalates to uh, gun violence and you know I don't know that we're unique in that I'd say we're, we're seeing that trend across the country but um, you know we we would say and kind of Amy alluded to it there a little bit it, a lot of it is and I think it was highlighted last night to see that much of I know the stories that I heard and, and where these events happened a lot of them it, were in the community that these young men lived in um, so I think that speaks volumes to um, a call if you will not <clears throat> most of the ladies mentioned that last night that a lot of this you know we wind up <clears throat> excuse me being on the reactive side um, but it's going to take the people in the community and also those people the members of that community to realize that you know some of this violence is is senseless uh, it doesn't have to be that way um, some of it's going to take some looking out from some people that are watching out in the community um, to um, you know hold each other accountable that's that's a large part of what makes things uh, in crime prevention that's a, that's a large part of it so you know we can do what we can we can we can put out education you know and we've got patrols out we we focus on we pay attention to where those events are happening in the city we focus efforts there and if things tend to move we try to move those resources to to those areas um but you just can't be everywhere all the time and so i think last night the what i took back the overarching message is that you know if these the people that live in the community that don't want to see this happen anymore have a vital role to play in the, taking that back and and we're happy to partner with them and do whatever we can within our power and with our scope and ability that the law would allow to help them do that i don't know if this was true all over the united states but i know here in tennessee the people who are in the business of selling guns they couldn't get enough guns to sell i mean they were sold out and they had I think a, a huge increase in sales mm -hmm. but they couldn't get as much as the public wanted yeah. uh, same with uh, with uh, ammunition they couldn't get that uh, and at the same time uh, the governor had signed into law uh, a, a no 
you don't have to have a mm-hmm. permit, do you? To Constitutional carry, carry bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you noticed a difference in the number of weapons that are on people these days because of that change? Well, you know, and, and you said it, Bart, that change actually happened post um, the buying spree, if you will. Um, do you think it spurred on the buying spree? Um or some of it's it. it's hard to say because you know I, I talked to a good colleague at the uh, at the state who is over the handgun care permit in July when that bill went into effect. They actually had more applications for the permit than they had had the year prior and in previous months. So, so it had already started uh, as far as the demand for for weapons well yes exactly and i think a lot of that was probably if you go back to prior to the um presidential election there were a lot of people that were concerned and clamoring about talk that there were going to be you know bans and restrictions kind of like we saw in the the clinton era um so because of that people just (laughs) they saw they did you know here in the united states people the second amendment there's a lot of people around a, a lot of different sides of that and different um, passions, if you will. And when that came out, people just really kind of got worried and panicked. And I feel like that's what prompted a lot of that um, for good or bad reason. I mean, we don't know, but uh, it's 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 something that uh, we we take seriously. And we understand now that the, from the police side of it, when we go to any call or we make any traffic stop, you know, it's just kind of. We don't always assume there's a gun in the gun, but just it. We tell our folks be uh, very mindful, be aware. You know, ask good questions about those things to try to keep you and them safe. Um, but I will, you know, that it, almost sounds counterintuitive based off the conversation we just came from. But I will say, majority of the people that are carrying firearms, it's they're not the ones that account for the violence uh they're most of them are responsible <clears throat> people and that's where i think we have to be careful not to paint this picture that everybody out here is is uh, is a criminal and, and using guns and, and shooting at people because when we look at that it's just such a small percentage especially in murfreesboro the population um and so much such a small percentage of the crime that happens here but it is so egregious you know when somebody loses their life it just you know and we focus our attention on it too because it's it's not acceptable um and we take it very seriously um but we just don't also don't want to equate that to saying that if you carry a gun you're a criminal that's that that's not the, the message either one thing i have noticed and, and this is not a scientific <laughs> notice or anything we haven't done statistics on it but i feel like you probably have some better feel on it there was a period uh, a year two years ago where we seem to have a lot of murders or shootings resulting in deaths uh, here in Murfreesboro on a regular basis. Uh, I think there was one weekend we had multiple uh, murders. And that seems to have slowed down. Maybe I'm just not noticing it. Does it seem to have slowed down for you too? Well, I think it's tough to say because, it, it again, when, when one happens, I mean, it takes it takes the priority you know and so we treat them all very seriously i will say i think the year you're talking about we did have an abnormal seemingly spike of them happening the frequency of them being much closer together um you know i think 
I don't want to jinx anything, but I do know we're <laughs> we're down for this year compared yeah. to where we were. And I was years. thinking it felt yeah. like we were. Yeah. So I mean, I say that, and Detective Abbott will probably this he'll, <laughs> he'll get me for that. But yes, uh, it's and again, don't know that number when you you know it it fluctuates, and you know we can we can scratch our heads and say why, uh, but it's just these incidents. Even though it sounds like well they should be the same they're all very unique and specific and in certain details that are that are associated with one is not the reason for the other but um, I was just going to chime in the year that we had um, a high number of homicides um, after that we implemented some more programs we worked closer with we had several that happened at um, apartment complexes and around apartment complexes and we worked closer with those property owners and those property managers and helped them implement some policies and some programs um, and showed I think um, that the teamwork and the partnership between the police department and the property owners and property managers and even the residents in those apartment complexes um, helped root out some of the people that were creating the problems. Um, our detective division worked diligently and solved those crimes so the people that were responsible for them um, were taken to court and and convicted and sentenced Um, so I think that particular section of time in our history was just a unique situation Um, the uh, the homicide victims whose names were read last night like Lieutenant was mentioning, every situation is vastly different. Um, some were domestic related. Um, we don't know, stop and think uh, about how many are domestic related, mm-hmm. but uh, we hear about those stories on the radio, mm-hmm. and and they get extremely violent. They do. They do. Um, and you know, I've where I've answered calls for domestics in the past and you can talk to the men and women that are in patrol now that answer domestics um you know we come in and get a five minute snapshot of that relationship but really that night's problem has been brewing for however long these people have been together um so we come in and we get five minutes of information we don't know everything that's gone on between them um and people get passionate and um it, it gets out of control for some of them. Um, and that's where that's where some of the programs in the community help. You know, the Anger Prevention and the Domestic Violence Center can help, help with uh, getting people out of those situations or get help for the people that are having problems that are ramping the situation up from, from an argument to, to, you know, they get physical and they, and they get violent with someone. So, uh, you know, it's, I don't know the answer. Well, let's let's say <laughs> that there's a listener right now mm-hmm. who finds themselves in this situation. This anger uh, predicament comes up pretty regular in their household. They don't know what to do, and they're at wit's end. They they're scared, uh, and and they know that if they seek help, they're afraid that uh, the spouse or uh, significant other will will do bodily damage to them mm-hmm. uh, what can they do what should they do they can always call us um, they can come to the police department um, they can go to the domestic violence office um, and, and ask for help they can they can call dispatch um, in the middle of one of those situations 
we've had people that that's called and just laid their phone down they never say a word and our emergency communicators can hear what's going on they're really good about locating where the person is and sending help um, but if you're in a situation you know domestic violence advocates say love's not supposed to hurt and it's not um, if you're in a situation like that reach out someone anyone um, and get some help our domestic violence center here they have a shelter um, they have a network of other domestic violence centers so if it's to that level of volatility they can work on getting you shelter out of town if need be um, do most of the people who are in situations like this know that it's at that level of volatility I don't know that they always see it coming um, but I can tell you there's a cycle um, and once it starts it doesn't get better without intervention you know I, it just um, you know you can you it's been studied studies over years um, you know it starts with a little bit of controlling tactics um, then it may be just a little push or shove and then the next time it's a slap and then the next time it's you know push up against the wall or or whatever it doesn't get better without some intervention now that's not saying that people that have beginning stages of volatile relationships can't get help and move move through it move past it Um, but if it's going in that direction reach out and get some help We've had some people from domestic violence on with us, and they have told us that in most cases this is a learned behavior. And even the children Mm -hmm. who are there in the household Mm -hmm. who are observing this, they are learning it. And it becomes part of their lifestyle too. And I've had some folks tell us that when they bring the children to the uh, domestic violence center itself, they are acting it out in that manner too, slamming the doors, things of that sort. So you have to have uh, counseling, I guess it is, for everyone involved to to end it. As we grow up, we learn what's normal, quote unquote normal, um, from the grown-ups we're around. Whether it's um, making your bed every morning or putting your clothes in the hamper versus the floor, if it's talking out problems or slamming doors or punching holes in walls. We learn within the walls of our household. Um, One of the saddest cases, domestic violence cases, that I've responded to over the years, um, the uh, female had been beaten pretty badly. Um, The male partner was not there when we got there. And across the hall, it was in an apartment, across the hall was a three-year-old and a four-year-old who were sound asleep. They had slept through all of it because that level of noise was normal for them. And that just, that broke my heart because, um, you know, I think a three and a four-year-old should have calm, quiet household at night to sleep in. But these two children, that level of noise and that um, anger that was just in the air, was normal for them. So yeah, there if that's what you're raised in, that's what's normal to you. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. I mentioned that because we're going to pause for just a moment and when we come back, we'll be in the segment where you can call and ask questions or text us a question. If there's a, an issue that's problemming you, uh, give us a call or text us. 615-893-1450. We'll be right back.
We're loud. We're proud. We're blue. WGNS AM and FM, your home for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. Demas's Restaurants are now hiring. We are looking for grill cooks and other kitchen employees with competitive pay and flexible hours. If you're looking for full-time work or part-time work, then Demas's is the place to be. We've been voted a top workplace for five years in a row by the Tennessean. Apply within or online at demasesrestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have a huge selection of ukuleles, which have become very popular in the last couple of years. We have one for everybody in the family, from small to large. We do guitar repairs and setups, lessons for every instrument from strings to keyboards to drums, right here at Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. issues? There's someone local you can talk to. Financial Coaching Radio with certified financial planner Jason Qualls. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us. And that's our freedom and the right to live in this country. And we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. We're talking with Russell Ashton. When did you serve in the military? What branch and all of that? United States Army. I went in in 1967, and I got out in November of 1969. And my last service was over in Vietnam. I'm just uh, glad to be here. What was it like when you first went in? I was just a little country boy, just got out of high school, and your uncle called me and said, get on a Greyhound bus and go to Nashville, you know? I mean, I was frightened. I guess uh, that might be good for some people. That, that might get them closer to God to go to war. Were you in the thick of everything? I was with the 173rd Airborne Brigade. I guess you could say we were doing our share. I made 17 jumps out of the airplanes and stuff. Of course, those old T-10 shoots that we had back then, buddy, you just crashed and burned. That's all it was. I mean, you hit the ground. A lot of times I think that could be a lot of my hearing problem because you jump out of a plane that's got the props or I jumped out of the C-141, that's legit. That's a lot of noise just to walk into. Was that scary jumping out of those planes? Uh, 18 years old, what do you call it, 5 foot 10 and bulletproof. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. WGNS talks about all things local. It's Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Hey, welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. And our birthday winner today who gets that delicious banana pudding from Slick Pig Barbecue is Ronald Shaw Jr., our good neighbor of the day today. 
who receives flowers from Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Congratulations going out to the staff at AmeriCare, always helping others. We're talking about law and order here in Murfreesboro this morning, 615-893-1450. Sergeant Amy Denton with us, along with Lieutenant Clayton Williams. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? I am good, Bart. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. Thank you for listening. And good morning to both your guests, sir. Morning. Um, good morning. Right. And uh, obviously there was an accident here recently, last week, I believe. Um, and it, it could have been much worse. But uh, if, Is there studies going on about that particular turn? I mean, they uh, if you're doing 45 on brawls, you're turning on to Hamilton. Most of the time people are doing the same speed. And they just don't slow down. There's businesses right here, obviously, and it's hard to get out on the street because of that. And, of course, Martins, when you're coming out of their parking lot onto Hamilton, you, you don't realize it, but the cars coming down that way are about to turn on to Hamilton, and they don't even slow down. Is there anything that can, is there a study going on that maybe that can, road can be, I know it's expensive, but can be straightened so that they have to actually slow down to turn, perhaps? And I'll what, listen. What about that, Clayton? You're very familiar with that one, aren't you? Yeah, um, uh, Thank you, caller. Um, I know I've been here several times. We've <clears throat> we've talked about this particular spot on on the air. Um, as far as to your, to your question, the study, I'm not aware of that. Um, of course, uh, when something like that happens, engineering um, would contact us if they needed any uh, specific data on our end as far as um, crash reporting goes. They also have access to that now as well, since it's a uniform database through the state. But I'm not aware of any any study going on right now. That would probably be a better question for our um, traffic and engineering department. They would know if that's actually happening. Um, so I I just don't I, I'm not sure they they typically would contact us for specific information, but um, for a consultation that's typically not our realm of expertise. Okay, our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Here's a text from a listener who says, I'm still riding bicycles, but I feel like I'm taking my life into my own hands sometimes because cars keep driving on the bike lanes to make turns. Is there something that can be done about that? Well, uh, again, I know we've we've talked about this at Thompson before. There's a very, you know, the city, I think Thompson Lane has bike lanes, Case and, excuse me, River Rock Boulevard, um, you know, it, at one point that was kind of becoming a uh, a trend that we're putting on city streets. I'm, I'm not seeing it as much um, in the development plans um, or when it actually comes into being paved. But if, you know, obviously that's what those are there for. And bicyclists as well. I mean, they have just as right, much right on the road as, as vehicles do as long as they're following the rules and, and um, you know, rules of the road and obeying traffic control and signals. But, yes, um Please call us. You know, if you if you see people driving in that lane, uh, most of those it's it's unlawful to pass anybody on the right um, in in the state of Tennessee. It's it's not okay. So uh, I know a lot of people think they're helping by 
moving around traffic that's trying to turn left but um, it just creates a dangerous situation especially as it's a if you have a bike lane or if you have an approaching turn lane that's going to begin so anytime you see that happening call us we've got uh, units that work in that particular zone or traffic cars that we can send out or if it's a uh, chronic problem and you have a specific window of time that you know that that's happening let us know and we'll try to make a, a preemptive um, uh, you know attack not attack preemptive move to be out there during that time that that's happening and make sure that uh, we can see if we can catch some of those people violating that law i'm glad you mentioned about driving around the cars who are making a turn uh, because the person was referring to riding their bike in the bike lane and having cars making a turn and going in the bike lanes but uh, you hit on something that's a real problem and that's if you're on a two-lane roadway and there are bike lanes mm -hmm. if there's a car stopped to make a turn the ones behind it tend to drive around it which yeah. means they're in the bike lane yeah or on the it, it's either that or an emergency shoulder and that's really all that's used for is an emergency stopping you know or emergency vehicles so how do you know which what kind of shoulder that is bike lane or emergency shoulder or is a, it just oh, a normal shoulder? so bike lane it'll have you you'll see it or it's much like the hov lane it'll be a much narrower set of uh, white lines and there'll be uh, something stamped on the ground there sometimes sometimes people use a bicycle sometimes it's the um the diamond shape like you see on the hov lanes uh, on, the, on the interstate so if it's if it's designated that and whenever it begins there'll be a sign on the side of the road that says begin bike lane or end bike lane but either way yeah you don't want to be passing people on the right it's a it's a dangerous situation our phone number is 615-893-1450 and you can talk or text amy i understand that a new program called faith and blue is coming up tell us what the purpose of that is uh, faith and blue if it's an event really um, we're doing it for four days coming up this weekend um, friday saturday sunday and monday it's actually a nationwide initiative that came from the movement forward group um, they're from right outside atlanta um, they have recognized and in turn we have recognized the power in the police department and members of our um, clergy, the members of our faith-based faith-based community, working together. You're talking about, you know, reducing crime and preventing crime. Um, our clergy are leaders in the community, um, and people listen to them. They go to them for guidance. They go to them for, um, you know, everything. So we are wanting to partner with members of the clergy within our community. Um, the way we're doing this um, is we are offering pastors or, or you know, leaders in, the, in their churches um, or in their faith groups to come and ride along with an officer this weekend. We don't offer a lot of ride-alongs. Um, actually, right now, unless you are in the hiring process, in the Chamber of Commerce Leadership Rutherford, or in our Citizens Police Academy, we just don't do a lot of ride-alongs. But we're opening up ride-alongs completely um, this weekend we we asked these uh, faith-based leaders to come and ride with our officers have those conversations with the officers go see the world through the officers windshield be there on calls um, and and see the true interaction between our officers and our community um, if any faith-based faith-based leader um, in Murfreesboro is interested in that please send me an email today would be great 
because uh, we do have a release form that they have to sign. Everybody that rides in the car has to do one of those if they're riding up front. Um, uh, so and you don't want to ride in the back. Don't want to ride in the back. <laughs> no. Um, so we're, we'll put them in the front with the officer. Uh, but just uh, send me an email, and that's uh, you can do it at zero three one six at murfreesboro.tn.gov or you can do the first initial last name they both they both come to my inbox um but uh you know it's any shift friday saturday sunday or even monday um and we just we just want to open our doors a little more um and, and build even more relationships for understanding and all that now is this strictly for pastors or is it for like leaders of youth groups in the churches or um yeah i think we can make room for youth 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 pastors things like that Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know we only have so many officers on the shift and so many shifts in that weekend so we have to limit it to the the leadership um we'd love to just open it up to everybody in the congregation um but there's still work that we have to do we have the murfreesboro middle half saturday morning so that's, that's right. uh, it's going to be busy that's kind <laughs> of uh staff intensive i guess you could say um and the the dates are a nationwide date if you go to movementforward.com uh, they have a faith and blue tab you can click on and you can search events nationwide you can narrow it by states um, several other departments in the state are having different events. They are everything from uh, police versus, versus clergy football games to um, community beautification projects to uh, just all kinds of things. But we decided to, uh, to partner up, literally partner up the clergy with our officers. So if you are in the clergy here in Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. give, give Amy a call, text mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. Uh, or email rather. Uh, 0316 at MurfreesboroTN.gov and that is this Friday through Monday. Mm -hmm. Faith in Blue. Mm -hmm. While we're talking about ride-alongs, that's one of the exciting parts of the Citizens Police Academy Uh, and you're you're encouraging people to sign up for the next one now. I am. We're um, a little over halfway through the fall session right now. but I'm taking applications for the, we call it the spring session. It'll start in January. Uh, meets on Tuesday evenings from 5.30 to 8.30. Um, it, there's no cost to, to come through it. Um, you have to be 18 and relatively clear criminal history. Um, you know, if you did something really dumb when you were young and now you're a grown-up and, and you recognize you made a mistake, we can, we can look at that. Now, when uh, in January does this start? We haven't set the date yet. We usually start at the second or third week, mm-hmm. usually okay. around the third week of January. Is there a price uh, for this? There is no price. Okay. Just ask. If you sign up, you show up. That's, that's all we ask. But now you need them to sign up in advance because yes. you do run a check on them, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. I, I run a criminal history, and then that way we just know, everybody knows that they're, everybody's on the up and up in there, basically. You're not teaching um, a criminal some of the secrets. You know, we don't have a lot of secrets. Okay. That's just it. That's why we have this program. Mm-hmm. Um, we found, you know, people fear what they don't know, and we don't want people to fear us, so just come learn about us. Um, you know, it's um, the the... the pre-registration part it's sums for the criminal history but a lot of it is for the class preparation um people that come through they get uh 
they get a notebook that they basically build throughout the program. They get a biography on each instructor. They did to do evaluations on each instructor. Um, a lot of them have handouts that they give. So they actually kind of build a, a workbook that they take with them and keep. Um, but they'll get to um, go into our uh, situation simulator downstairs where they can do actual video simulation of encounters. Um, we have... Um, simulated pepper spray simulated tasers so they don't course, actually get sprayed with um, pepper they don't actually get sprayed with pepper no um, they'll get to see demonstrations from our canine unit and learn about the training and the different uses of our canines um, they get to do mock traffic stops and we have cpa alumni come back and um, act in the role of the driver um, so they get to see what it's like to walk up to a vehicle on a traffic stop um, and not know what's inside the vehicle or who's inside the vehicle um, they get to go down to the crime lab and, and check out all the stuff down there um, it's um try to be pretty inclusive and and a lot of people have told me they didn't realize some of the things we do at the department and some of the different divisions within the department um, we've had i think right now our account is five cpa graduates um, that have come to work um, Wow, as that's officers, <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you if you are or you have a young person that's thinking about law enforcement as a career, um, I encourage take the time to take this class before you go spend tens of thousands of dollars getting a degree, and it turns out not to be what you thought it was. Um, or if you're in school for it, schedule this as a Tuesday night class that's free and doesn't have homework. Um, and just make sure that's what you want to do. I would imagine the CPA class, Citizens Police Academy class, has changed over the years, especially since you moved into the new police department. It has. It has. Um, and that's one reason for the evaluation forms that the, the class members do. Uh, they do it after every instructor, and then they'll do one at the end. Um, and I ask them, you know, what, which, which class did you feel was most valuable? Which class do you think wasn't really important? And what do we need to add? What, what did we leave anything out? Um, and from those evaluations, we actually added a section with um, Sergeant Abbott two or three years ago. He does a class on search and seizure, Fourth Amendment. Um, and he talks about our right to search, what it takes to get a search warrant, and then citizens' rights when they can refuse a search. Um, so I think everybody needs to know that. That's one of our constitutional rights. Um, and it, it helped fill in the gaps and people understand a little more when they see officers go into a home or go into a car. What's behind that? Now, you always relate the, I, I think the average person relates what's going on to what they see on TV mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the drama shows. They're able to get search warrants with a phone call. Yeah. Can you do that? Not so easy. <laughs> it would be. That would be a. Yeah. That would be a detective's dream, I think. Yeah. But uh, no, no, we have to. We have to show quite a bit of information, quite a bit of proof before the judge will say yes, you can go in. Okay. Here's a question from a listener, sent in by text. There was what looked to be road rage, uh, that they saw on the way to work yesterday where a black vehicle and a delivery truck were pulled over on the side of the road and the guy in the truck had gotten out and was yelling at the delivery driver. Uh, 
they're asking, do you know what happened? You probably don't. But uh, when you find yourself in that situation, what do you do? I mean, if somebody pulls over, that's that's a rough situation. Call call our non-emergency number um, eight nine three one three one one to dispatch. Um, be glad to dispatch an officer out and just. You know, they can just make an observation and see if it's something that needs law enforcement intervention or not. You know, it's that situation could be, <laughs> it could be a myriad Anything. of things. You know, it could be some, I mean, maybe they were relatives and maybe, <laughs> I don't maybe the guy didn't deliver his package. I don't know. You know, it's just, it, there's no telling. But I mean, road rage does exist and it happens. I mean, we had that uh, crash a week and a half ago on Broad Street involving the Rover bus. You know, it's kind of, Luckily, nobody was seriously hurt in that. But um, there again, it, it's something that may have been, could have been prevented if the uh, the driver that, you know, uh, had stopped following the, the vehicle and called in, got a tag number and let us know, you know. But this um, is the one where he supposedly was following a motorcycle uh-huh. who had allegedly pointed a pistol or yes. a gun at right, him. Right, right. And I think it happened on 840, so there was a good period of time that they were following them. Um, Plenty of time to call. Yeah, and even if you can't get a tag number, you know, just give us a description and we'll try. But it's, you know, luckily you got to think the was catching this person, um, you know, worth now they got a lot of property damage, thank goodness, but it could have been more of a, a fatal type situation. Um, with your family and I think there was family in the vehicle I think it was a husband wife and daughter you know so um, just got to make really good decisions there our phone number 615-893-1450 we'll be right back stay with us Turn your fingers into a microphone and talk back. WGNSRadio.com is Rutherford County's online source for what matters to you. WGNSRadio.com This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chip Walters, and you're listening to Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. Yeah, we got them. MTSU Sports on WGNS AM, FM, online. 
Welcome back. We are talking law and order this morning. And Sergeant Amy Denton and Lieutenant Clayton Williams with us from the Murfreesboro Police Department. A listener sent us another text, this one saying, give us that non-emergency number again to call. Sure. So if if you need a police officer, but it's a non-emergency type situation, that number is 615-893-1311. That'll send you directly to a dispatcher who can uh, send whatever the appropriate uh, uh, person or personnel that is needed for that incident. If you have just a uh, general information question, you need the police to someone at the police department, 615-849-2673. And then, of course, if you have an emergency situation that needs help right away or something's life-threatening, call 911. But we just ask that keep those numbers. You can program them in your phone even. It's always a good way. That way you can get to it quickly. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you? Yes. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Doing fine. Well, good. I'm enjoying your program this morning, and uh, I just wanted to call in to, to let the officers, police officers, and uh, the lady you have down there with you this morning, and uh, in the in the in the neighborhood, in the hood, we call it the hood. I'm an old school guy, and uh, it seems like that uh, with the uh, the work that's been going on for the police officers across I call it across town that seem like it's improved just a little bit but you can see the the life that's getting back in the in the hood now for as uh, the young kids and stuff like that the streets is not over you know seem like overloaded and stuff for as uh, police are not hanging around too much, you know, and evidently they're going to change locations or something because it just seemed like a neighborhood again. And and just keep up the good work, officers. Y'all doing a good job, and just keep your work. Whatever you're doing, you don't see seem like harassment at one time through the neighborhood. You know, you couldn't hardly walk the street unless a police officer or car something pull up and. They slow down, and you know they just seem like they're just watching you, want you to do something, you know, and it's just just driving. Seems like they're driving violence to the to the neighborhood, wanting you to do something where they can take you downtown. But it just don't seem like that no more to me. I guess I don't got old man just uh, observing more than I was, and uh, it just seemed like the Murfreesboro Police Department is doing a really good job. The county, yeah, you know, you don't see them like you used to. They'd be loading up, waiting for you to do something, and, you know, where they go on the call. I guess the business got slow on them, and they had to get back <laughs> out there. But now, you know, they, it seems like they, they're improving, and y'all just keep up the good work and be careful while you're out there. Well, we hey, we appreciate that call. Um, you don't know how much that means to the guys that are out there that have been – assigned to some of those areas that you're talking about that have put in a lot of time to get to know different people and uh, to try to be able to have that discernment to know you know what they're looking for specifically is and who's up to no good you know because of the time that they put in talking to people you know knowing who the residents are there who the longtime residents are there and the folks that are just kind of passing through and 
Um, so that's and that's kind of the atmosphere that that we want to create. Uh, you know, we want to be there for when you need us, but we don't want to be to you know to the point where you don't. It doesn't seem like uh, it's just the natural flow of the neighborhood. So appreciate that call and taking the time to say that. We're almost out of time, but let's squeeze in. Uh, what do people need to do if they want to get a job at the police department? I understand there are some hiring uh, procedures that are going on now. Well, you know, Larry Flowers has done great things with our website and our social media and all that. He's made it very easy. If you're looking for a position at the police department as an officer or a dispatcher or even support staff, you can simply go to your search bar on Google or, or Safari or whatever your phone has, and you can type in Grow With MPD all together and hit search. And the first thing that pops up is our employment section on our website. All the information about applying for jobs is there. Very good. Well, we do thank you for joining us this morning. We've been visiting with Murfreesboro Police Officers Sergeant Amy Denton and Lieutenant Clayton Williams. Thank you for joining us today. You all have a great day. Thanks, Truman's Brian. next, right here on your Good Neighbor Station.